to WVNG Ed Talks, a simple discussion about sometimes complex military education benefits. I'm Dr. Sherry Schaefer, Education Services Officer for the West Virginia National Guard. Today's show is about SAPR, Sexual Assault Prevention and Response. This is a very serious topic that is beneficial to our service members both while they are on duty and off, including while attending school. Let me provide a disclaimer. This topic may be offensive to some listeners and may not be appropriate for children. It may also serve as a trigger for victims of sexual assault. So please keep that in mind if you choose to continue to tune in to this episode. That being said, there is a lot of good information to be learned, especially since this is Sexual Assault and Prevention Month. Joining me today is Jenny Calagrasso, the Sexual Assault Response Coordinator for the West Virginia National Guard. Welcome to Ed Talks. Hey, Sherry. Thanks for having me. So glad you are here. So as I mentioned, April is Sexual Assault and Prevention Month, and we are hyper-focused on this topic at this time, but it really is a subject that is something we should be thinking of and aware of year-round, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, I agree. This is not something that just happens one time a year. It's something that we need to be cognizant of every day. One of the statistics that I, I recently heard was that every 73 seconds, someone in the U.S. is assaulted. Unfortunately, that is the truth. And so, and, and that tells me this is not something that is just April. No, it is not. So can you, as delicately as you are able, define what is sexual assault? Sexual assault is defined as a crime. It's an intentional sexual contact um, characterized usually by a use of force, physical threat, or abuse of authority, or when the victim does not or cannot consent. Um, Sexual assault includes rape, uh, non-consensual sodomy, which is oral or anal sex, indecent assault, unwanted, inappropriate sexual contact, or attempts to commit these acts. Sexual assault can occur without regard to gender or spousal relationship or the age of the victim, and consent cannot be deemed or construed to mean the failure by victim to offer physical resistance. Also keep in mind that consent cannot be given when a person uses force, threat of force, or coercion, or when the victim is asleep, incapacitated, or unconscious. That's a pretty hefty definition. It's very deep. It, it covers all the bases as far as what is deemed a sexual assault. Can you speak to some of the statistics now? Um, is this a, a growing problem in the U.S., and is it primarily something that you see focused on women more than men? You know, what, what do you know about it? It's a growing problem in the U.S., um, not just the U.S., around the world. Um, in the military in general, if we look at the statistics from 2019, there were 7,825 cases reported of sexual assault in the military, which is up 3% from the previous year. In 2019, 19% of the sexual assaults reported in the military were male victims. So it's not just a female problem. It's not just women that are being sexually assaulted, and I think we lose sight of that. We have a lot of men that have been sexually assaulted that are kind of lost in the shuffle, and we need to pay more attention to that and get them to file reports so that they can get the help they need as well. Do you think there's a lot of those cases that might not be reported? I think... I think there are a lot. The Department of Justice actually estimates that 67% of women and 81% of men do not report their sexual assault. 
So let's talk a little bit about consent again. I know you mentioned that just brief, briefly, but reiterate for me, how do you define it? Oh, consent. Consent means actively agreeing to be sexual with someone. Consent is freely given, and we need to remember that it can be revoked at any time. Consent can't be given for somebody who is not in a position to give it, for example, minors, or somebody who is too drunk, high, or ill, or if they're unconscious or asleep. And you also can't give consent if you're being forced or physically threatened. Consent for one activity, also such as kissing or making out, doesn't automatically give you consent for sex. Wow. Okay. So so how... If you're in a situation, we'll call it that, <laughs> how do you recognize consent? You need, to, you need to pay attention. Consent can be verbal or nonverbal. Um, for example, not saying no is not the same as saying yes. So if your partner says yes, but then starts to tense up or pull away, you might need to stop and ask if they're okay. Just because you've had sex in the past, for example, doesn't mean that you can have consent to have it now. You need to make sure it's consensual every time. It sounds like you just need to be smart and you need to educate yourself. Exactly. Exactly. What do you see are often contributing factors to sexual assault, such as alcohol or, or drugs? You know, what What's happening? Okay. So alcohol does play a big factor in sexual assault, especially in the military. Sexual assaults, alcohol played 62% of the reported cases. So you just when you, you are drinking, just, you know, be smart about it. Make sure that you're not alone. Um, there are ways to protect yourself, especially with the date rig- drugs now that, that people will put in your drinks when you're not aware. They have little cards that you can put in the drink to make sure that the drink is safe. And they also have fingernail polish that will change color if there's any kind of drugs in the alcohol. So that's something to keep in mind if you can't always protect that glass. But we know to keep that glass in our hands at all times. Yep. There's a, a term I've heard, and it says, break the cycle. How do individuals work to prevent sexual assault? So as I mentioned earlier, this applies to service members, whether they are in uniform, on duty or not. And since this is Ed Talks, what can our service members who are at school do to break the cycle? In other words, what can students do to protect themselves? Students or or anybody, you should always be aware of your surroundings. Um, be aware of what you're doing. Um, try not to walk around campus alone. Make sure you have your phone with you just in case you need to call for help. But just talking about it, raising awareness. Don't be afraid to talk about sexual assault. If we break the stigma and stop it early, we can all do that. So we are all proponents of being bystanders who can intervene at the earliest stage. And if you are in a situation, obviously speaking up, saying no. Yes. Speaking up, saying no, be as loud as you possibly can um, just to draw attention to the area. Are there prevention resources available? There are prevention resources. Every campus has a sexual assault prevention and education program where they do prevention and outreach. Um, Marshall, for example, is training students. They require for in their undergraduate student athletes or graduate students to take a 45-minute class on prevention and sexual assault and the resources that are available to you. And most schools have that ready, so they're, they're there for you to, to utilize. So you really need to just check out your own campus and see what resources are available. Absolutely. And if the campus doesn't have one, which, like I said, most campuses that I researched have that, 
there's usually a local program in the area that has sexual assault prevention and awareness. So just get on the, the phone and start just start researching. Yep, absolutely. So what should you what should you what should you do if you think a situation doesn't look right? If you don't think a situation looks right, speak up. I mean, we should always follow our gut instinct because usually that's right. So if you're in a situation, you're out with friends, maybe um, you see a buddy who's noticeably intoxicated and you see somebody that's trying to get them out of the room. And it's kind of awkward to stop that because, you know, we're all adults and sometimes we don't want to stick our nose in things that we don't think they belong in. But it's easy to intervene. It's easy just to look at the other person and say, hey, I'm starved. Let's go grab something to eat or hey, I've got to go to the bathroom. I don't want to go by myself. Because, you know, we as women like to go in groups. <laughs> right. So it helps just to, to break the tension and get them out of that situation. So you can you can stop it before it starts. And you can be very clever about it so that it's not as awkward. Absolutely. Right. Where, where can someone go for help? If you've been assaulted or you know somebody who's been assaulted, um, the first thing you can do, obviously, is call the police. And, and get them to come help you. You can also reach out to me if you're a guard member, um, and I have victim advocates in the state. You have chaplains, you have behavioral health, medical personnel. The campus sexual assault response team can be there for you as well. Are there resources available for survivors? We have a ton of resources available for survivors. We partner with amazing resources throughout the state and neighboring states um, where the SAPR program is worldwide Depending on what state you live in, I can reach out to your SARC in that state and get you resources there as well. We have partnerships with Counseling and Trauma Care, the Department of Veteran Affairs. They have specialized help for victims of military sexual assault, and so does the local vet centers. And usually with the VA, you have to meet this criteria before you can be seen. But if you're a sexual assault survivor, they'll see you regardless, which is amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Well, Jenny, is there anything else that you, you want to add, Any anything that would be, be helpful or anything pertinent to sexual assault prevention and awareness? With As far as prevention and awareness goes, remember that we can stop it at the lowest level. So don't be afraid to speak out if you see something that's wrong, whether it's somebody just saying an odd comment or somebody who looks uncomfortable, try to step in and help them. But remember, it's our goal to help you. So if you have been assaulted, you're not alone. So please, please, please let us help you before it gets to the point where you're, you're dealing with feelings that you can't control anymore because it comes with depression and anxiety and PTSD. And these are things that we need help from the beginning. And that's what we're here to do. We'll help you not only to survive, but find your place back in your life and thrive in your newfound empowerment. And that's why we're here. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being here and for all of the information you have provided. You can contact your local SARC to obtain information on ways to spread awareness about this issue. For more information locally at the West Virginia National Guard, you can call Jenny Calagrasso at 304-561-6681. That's 304-561-6681. Join us next time on WVNG Ed Talks when we will discuss MDSSP and STRAP. WVNG Ed Talks. Tune in, turn it up, and join the conversation.